Here First is sponsored by UCS Healthcare, offering compassionate healthcare for all. Learn more about their services, including statewide access to medication-assisted treatment for alcohol and opioid use disorders at ucsonline.org. Today is Friday. It's the 5th of January. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Grant Gerlach. Multiple prayer vigils were held last night in the central Iowa community of Perry, mourning the death of a student killed in a shooting yesterday at Perry High School. IPR's Natalie Krebs has more on the details officials have shared about the shooting so far. Law enforcement officials confirmed one sixth-grade student is dead following a shooting that took place just after 7.30 in the morning. Officials say five others were injured but declined to identify them. Four are students and one is a school administrator. One victim is in critical condition with non-life-threatening injuries. The rest are stable. Mitch Mortbet is with the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigation. He says the shooter has been identified as 17-year-old student Dylan Butler, who was found dead from a self-inflicted gun wound. Butler was armed with a pump-action shotgun and a small-caliber handgun. Butler also made a number of social media posts in and around the time of the shooting. Mortvet says law enforcement also secured a homemade explosive device that was deemed not to be a threat. Several local pastors gathered in Perry last night to help people process the tragic shooting at the city's high school. At the New Day Assembly of God, attendees prayed for the shooting victims as well as students and teachers who face the threat of school violence. Reverend Troy Renter of Harlan said parents can help their kids process this incident by being honest with them. The greatest gift that you can do is let your kids know, I'm scared along with you. Amen. I'm standing right here with you. I'm going to walk through this with you. We're going to walk through it together. Those gathered prayed for several students from Perry Middle and High School who were in attendance. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds attended the vigil but did not speak. Governor Reynolds says she's focusing on providing resources to people affected by the shooting at Perry High School. She says the shooting was a senseless tragedy that's shaken the entire state to the core. And I want this community to know that every Iowan stands with you. It's impossible to understand why anything like this happens, but again, I want you to know that we'll work tirelessly to get the answers so that we can prevent it from happening again. Reynolds ordered all flags in Iowa to be lowered to half-staff until sunset on Sunday in support of the Perry community. She previously directed $100 million of federal funding toward school shooting prevention efforts. Reynolds has also signed laws to roll back gun regulations. A leader of the fatal drive-by shooting at Des Moines East High School in 2022 has been sentenced to 70 years in prison. The Polk County Attorney's Office says 18-year-old Octavio Lopez Sanchez Jr. pleaded guilty in August to second-degree murder and two counts of willful injury. The shooting left East High students Jose Lopez dead and Kemery Ortega and Jessica Lopez Torres critically injured. They were part of a group of teens outside the school when multiple gunshots were fired from three vehicles driving past. Prosecutors say Lopez Sanchez was driving the lead car. Ten teens were charged in the incident in all. All have pleaded guilty. Two have not been sentenced yet. Another group of Iowa National Guard soldiers is deploying to Kosovo. The Iowa National Guard says 20 soldiers with the 186th Military Police Company out of Camp Dodge in Johnston will deploy on Sunday. 
A community send-off ceremony at Camp Dodge is planned for 8 a.m. Sunday and is open to the public. The mission is in support of the same NATO peacekeeping operation that members from the 211th General Support Aviation Battalion out of Waterloo were deployed just last month. This is Here First. This IPR podcast is supported by Cultivating Compassion, the Dr. Richard Deming Foundation, fostering causes that enrich the community, generate understanding, and cultivate compassion, including above and beyond cancer. For the third time in five years, the United States will have imported more agricultural products than it has exported. It's what economists call a deficit. At the end of 2023, it sat north of $20 billion. Agriculture used to be a bright spot for American trade. Is that changing? Will Bauer reports for Harvest Public Media. 40 miles southeast of St. Louis, farmer Chris Otten has just swung open the door at the top of his 35-foot grain bin. On this windy December afternoon, Otten is checking his corn to make sure it hasn't spoiled. He does so by sticking his arm into the grain. Take your hand. You can go in that deep, your grain's fine. If it's really getting bad, you'll get this deep and that's as far as you go. This process is an important one before Otten takes his grain to the Mississippi River in a few days. There, he'll sell his thousands of bushels of corn, soybeans, and wheat to agricultural giants Bungie and Cargill. Those two will load the grain onto barges to be shipped. If that grain ends up abroad, it's what we call an export. But this year, agricultural imports are outpacing exports by large margins. As of November, the U.S. imported $20 billion more than it exported. That's concerning to Otten, who'd like the U.S. to sell more than it buys. That is ideal for us to get back to where we're exporting as much as we possibly can. I don't know if that'll ever happen. Last calendar year was a record year for ag exports. At this time in 2022, exports totaled more than $160 billion. According to data from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, this year it's $143 billion. Otten says getting back to a surplus where exports outnumber imports should be a top priority for the White House. The Office of the U.S. Trade Representative is the main federal agency that advocates for American products on behalf of the administration. In Biden's first two years in office, exports reached record levels. Chief Agricultural Negotiator Doug McCaleb says overall numbers this year can be a little misleading. The U.S. is very much still a uh, breadbasket to the world. We're growing things and success, successfully exporting them around the globe. Uh, so there's certainly a lot more to it than what might meet the eye initially. Breaking it down, there are some basic economic factors at play here. University of Illinois professor Bill Ridley says one of the biggest factors to this deficit is a simple one, more imports. And of course, the more you import, holding your exports mostly mostly constant, that's going to shrink your, your trade surplus or create a trade deficit. In other words, Americans are buying more. For example, not all fruit and vegetables are grown here year-round. Demand for those foods continues to grow, so the U.S. is importing more to keep up. The next factor, economists say, is that Americans have more purchasing power right now. A strong American dollar plays a part, says Tanner Emke, an economist at CoBank. A strong dollar makes our exports non-competitive overseas, and it makes imports more competitive. Our stronger dollar gives us more purchasing power, and so therefore we can afford to bring in more imports. A third piece to this puzzle, Emke says, is that demand for renewable diesel is growing. 
and it uses a lot of soybean oil. So more soybeans stay in the U.S. rather than being sold overseas. In turn, the U.S. is buying more canola oil from Canada to replace it. So imports rising, a strong American dollar, and keeping soybeans at home are some of the biggest factors in the trade deficit. But does it matter? Ridley with the University of Illinois says trade deficits, particularly in one sector, don't necessarily scare most economists. He illustrates his point with the same example he uses for his students. You know, I, I have a trade deficit with the grocery store. It's that I go there every week and I spend money and they never spend money on me in return. Like I buy a lot from them, but they don't, you know, they don't buy any of my stuff. On the face of it, that's fine because I sell stuff to other places. You know, I, I sell my my own products and services, like teaching through the university. Next fiscal year, the USDA is projecting another deficit, this one to the tune of $30 billion. But with different economic conditions, the U.S. agricultural sector may return to a surplus at some point. Economists say if and when are tough questions to answer, though. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Will Bauer. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including IPR News, covering agriculture, food systems, and rural issues. This is Here First. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you always hear the latest from IPR News. 